but we've I've wanted to concentrate on this year on how important the church is. How important, you know, uh, the body of Christ as a whole, but the local church. And uh, as a preacher, I'm guilty of something. Many times I look around and I say, so-and-so's not here. And I'll begin to wonder why, wonder why they're not here. And I realize we've all been distracted, you know, easily. We've been distracted. We've had, how many Saturdays did you say we had in the last? Nine Saturdays of, of something going on. So we understand what you, if we're distracted and we're busy and we have things to do, my goodness, you the sheep do too. Understand, especially when your kids are young. But I can't emphasize enough. I don't care how old you are, where you're at in your walk with God. You need me and you need the church. You need a shepherd and you need a church. And I I was standing there and worshiping and this came to me. And it's something that I think it was a dream that Kathy had. And this has been, I, my goodness, it's been a long time. And you might have to help me. But it had to do with, with what was it, an, something going on, an accident or something by Silver Creek on the railroad track. There's, before you get to Silver Creek, do you take the cutoff? You know how to get, you know what I mean, go through Monroe, take that way. There's, that, there's a railroad track there. I'll never forget years ago in my little love truck, I took her dad and the, the, the arms were down and I went around him and I thought he was going to throw me out of the pickup. But that's when I was young and stupid, and I had to get there fast. Don't ever do that, young people. If the gate comes down, that means stop. That was a foolish thing to do. Talk about he did chew my butt. Yes, he did. But it was, that was, some, was it a train accident? The train was throwing cars and hitting cars. Go ahead and tell, because you rem- can you remember it? People were hurt. And I, I thought, why Silver Creek? Well, Silver Creek back, you see, we were raised Methodist. And now, was it a Methodist church? You went down there and you, it was, you, a huge revival took place in that little village called Silver Creek, and people were getting saved, and you were saved, and we're in the altars in the early 70s. Now, I don't, do you suppose they were praying for that, or how did that happen, do you think? They brought in an evangelist, and he was an evangelist I'd never seen. I've never seen an evangelist like this, but he'd come up and he'd paint pictures, wouldn't he? That was a different guy. Young man and brought in an evangelist, and it just started to spread. Just that area. And, but, but in the dream, 
Was I in your dream? Okay. Your dad and your Uncle Lou. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. They weren't even saved at that point. And uh, so I, I, I was thinking about that. And in, in the local church, I, I really believe we haven't seen what God is wanting to do. He, he wants to do some, some miraculous, supernatural things. I, I'm really believing for, for a, a revival. It doesn't have to be just like that, but God's going to do something. But it takes an expectant faith, and I'm, I'm saying that today, and I believe the Spirit of God wants you to hear this because you have to start expecting. Like I, we talked about expecting His goodness. You have to start expecting some of the things of God. And I'm, I'm just like you. You can come into a service, and I've been guilty of it, and you've been guilty of it. It's just out of routine every week doing the same thing, and, and that's not a good thing. You need to have an expectant faith. That's what Oral Roberts back in, in the 70s, and expect a miracle. Everyone say it, expect a miracle. So you have to, and the thing is, I, I, get, I get mad at, sometimes at myself because you know for years I've been in, I've bought and sold antiques for years. God's allowed me to do it. It's provided extra income, but wherever I go, I expect to find it. I expect to find a treasure. Amen? Just this week I was dealing with a guy, boy, he was a character. I love characters. They don't bother me. And he, I was buying some stuff from him, and he says, I've got such and such. And I said, oh, okay. And we went upstairs, and he pulled it out. And he said, I found this in an attic on 7th Street. And I said, uh, well, what is it? And he was a banner. And he, he, I said, well, I, don't, I wish I would have just said, oh, he wanted $50. I thought, well, I should just, here's 50 I'll just take it and roll the dice and take it home and unroll it. Went out downstairs and he unrolled it and there were two banners. And it was a it was an advertisement. It's unbelievable. And and <laughs> I came home and I told I said, the goodness of God. I found one on the internet was for twelve hundred dollars. And there were two of them. Well, that's where greed gets in. I thought, I could have had them both. And he wanted to keep one, and he kept the best one. But the goodness of God. But you've got to expect, you know. That's why, you know, don't get disgruntled with Abraham, our worship leader, because they come in before service to, to lead worship, and they practice in the presence of God, and, and they have the anointing fall, and it's good. And then the rest of you come in, but if you don't have an expectant faith and you just come in to get your hour up so you can go eat at Big Red. Now, don't get all upset if I said Big Red. I eat there too, you know. But you have to expect things to happen. You've got to expect me to come in and, and the preacher have, when he opens his mouth, say something that's just unbelievable. 
not unbelievable because what I say, but because what the word that comes out of me is the right word, a word in season. But you, the local church is so important. I'm coming back to that. You've got, you've got to understand. You know, if you miss two, three, four weeks in a row, you're, you're missing out. And your, your, your faith meter is going to go down and you're going you're gonna to be drained. And then it takes you four to five weeks to build you back up where you were. It takes, it takes an individual that's hungry for the things of God. And, and I believe that dream she had, that there, there are people today that, have, that are in great spiritual need. And they need to go somewhere where they can be helped. And that's the local church. Not just this church. There's other good churches, too. But you've got to support your local church. Not just, well, I tithe. I get my tithe in. Well, you need to get more than your tithe. You need to get your butt here. You need to get your physical being here and make a contribution God, the Spirit, comes down in what they call the corporate anointing. It's the corporate anointing. It's not just one or two people. It's when God's people come together with an expectant faith, believing for miracles, believing for something to happen, then God comes down and blesses that, that meeting. So the church is important. So I look at your neighbor and say this. I know. You've been distracted. Make an adjustment. You'll be all right. Amen. We've been taught. We've talked about giving, and and um, I was going to go back and, and review some, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go ahead and and move on. Um, we need to unhook here shortly, but. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and this is the scripture in verse 2. Why don't you turn there? And as you do, remember our mission statement, Harvest Church is what? Committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. And we spent a long time on the word commitment. We spent a long time on the word serving. Now we're talking about the word sharing or giving. And yes, I know that ultimately, you know, we want to share Christ with others, and we'll get to that. But I've talked about and shared with you how important it is to have that generous spirit, that giving spirit. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, this is what's going to happen in the last days. Perilous times will come. Verse 2, for men will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money. Now, stop there. What's the sign of living in the last days? People are going to love themselves more than anything else, and they're going to love money. Now, there's nothing wrong with money, honey. Money is nothing that's right. And this helped me so so much years ago when I found out that all money is is a tool. But you and I as need to be good stewards and know how to use the tools. I'll give you a, a few more 
translations of this scripture. Men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, for people will love only themselves and their money. For people will be lovers of self, utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate, greedy desire for wealth. <clears throat> now, Rick Renner's translation, we'll put it all together. He says, people will be self-consumed, self-absorbed, self-focused, and in love with themselves more than anyone else. As a result of this self-love, they will hoard money for themselves while spending very little to help others. Now, we talked to you and we told you that God's nature is to what? What's God's nature? Give. Everyone say, God's nature, our Heavenly Father loves to give. Okay, that's our God. Then I said, number two, we have His nature. If you are a child of God, Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you're born of His Spirit, you have His nature on the inside. So if you and I have God's nature, we have His giving nature. Say, I have his giving nature. Now, that's the, the total opposite, polar opposite of the last days how people are going to be. And if you and I are not careful and if we don't guard our hearts and if we're not good stewards of what God gives us, we can have that world's mindset of just hoarding it. Amen? And it's real important that we don't have that mindset. Now... I said, how do you know when you have fallen into self-love and selfish greed, just like the world? How do you know? I'll tell you. Can you obey the Holy Spirit when he prompts you to give? That's in a nutshell. God begins, how many of you, rem think about it now, how many of you through the years at certain times, God prompted you, and you knew it was God, but you resisted to give something. Let me see your hands. Give something. How, ma how many of you remember when God prompted you to give? Now, how many of you didn't give? How many of you weren't obedient in doing that? Okay. But how many of you were obedient? Maybe you made an adjustment, and you thought, no, I'm going to do it. Sometimes it's that way. But God wants us, in fact, this is what the Amplified Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, and I'll read it to you. It says, let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart. Everyone say heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion for God loves. God loves. What does God love? This is what the Amplified Amplified Bible says, God loves or he takes pleasure in, he prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. I really like that because that word prompt is what you and I have to be sensitive in the days ahead. When God prompts us to give, learn how to instantly obey that inward witness and that prompting. And it might go totally against what your mind, your mind might say, 
I've, I need that money. I got to use it for such and such. But the Spirit of God is prompting you to sow or to give. If you'll be obedient in doing that, you know, it'll get easier. But if you resist being prompt in giving and you just kind of put it aside and say, no, I've got to use that money and pay a bill or I got to do this and I got to save it for a rainy day, you know, I, this is going towards retirement. And, and God wants you to be good stewards. He wants you to save. He wants you to have retirement money. But there's times that the Spirit of God will do you, tell you what to do, and it'll go just totally against, you know, what rational thinking would be. And I'm encouraging you, and I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you'd look at Galatians 6, because we're going to pick up where we left off, and I won't go very long. Galatians chapter 6. I want to encourage you. In fact, how many of you this week gave something? It doesn't have to be money, but, I mean, you did something in giving of yourself. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6, and then I want to read to you a commentary by Oral Roberts. He says, let him who's taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Now, how many of you are taught the word? By the way, Mike Keyes will be here the last Sunday of September. So I would suggest that you believe God and expect his goodness and expect God to bless you with seed to sow. When he comes, I, I just love to bless him. Amen? So, you know, you know, I've already prayed for you. So all you got to do is expect it. Amen? Let him who's taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches... Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now, this isn't Oral Roberts, this is in my commentary here. It says, The passion for God to move among his people sometimes seems slow in being rewarded. Anybody agree? Sincere leaders often labor, pray, and seek fruitfulness for extended seasons before the visitation of God's grace brings the long-sought harvest. This text may apply many ways, but to the earnest leader, our congregation, the call is do not lose heart. Harvest is certain. Say that with me. Harvest is certain. Say it once more. Harvest is certain. Spirit-directed words, actions, giving, serving, and loving are all good seeds. I want to say that again. Spirit-directed what? Words. 
actions, giving, serving, and loving are all good seeds. Say good seeds. Your words can be good seeds or bad seeds. Your actions can be good actions or bad actions. Amen. Your your giving can be spirit-led or you can listen to the flesh and not give. God has promised to multiply those good seeds back to you. There is a due season. Say that with me. There is a due season. Wait for it. Say that. Wait for it. How many of you have had to wait on some things? I've, I've been a preacher now. I don't want getting, I don't even remember how long it's been. Over 30, 35 years, and I'm still waiting. What are you waiting for, preacher? I'm waiting for some of you. I'm waiting for God to do some things in the church. I'm waiting for God to do some things in the city. I'm waiting for God to do some things in the nation. I'm still waiting. Now, I've reaped already some harvests. Have you? But there's some things that I'm still waiting on. There is a due season. Wait for it. That's why it's so important that you do not and I do not yield to discouragement. Don't get discouraged when things don't happen as fast as you think they should. Don't get discouraged. If you have sowed good seeds, if you've sowed good words and good actions and you've sowed of your finances and you've sowed of your gift, that's good seed. But I can't tell you when you're going to have your harvest, folks. When's it going to happen? It'll happen, but I can't tell you, you know, if you sowed an offering today, I can't tell you it's going to be there tomorrow. But it will come. It's supernatural. I tell you, the body of Christ needed Oral Roberts. We need more men like him today. There's some pioneers that were back there that paved the way for what we're experiencing today. And he says this, Oral Roberts, these are his words. God has a timetable for every seed we plant. His timetable is not always our timetable. Sometimes the due season means a quick return. Sometimes it means a slow return that may take years, even a lifetime. Well, we don't want to hear that, do we? But we can count on three things. First, God will cause a harvest to come from our seeds. Second, God is never early or late. He is right on time with our best interests at heart. We want him to be early. Third, our harvest will have the same nature as our seeds sown. Good seeds bring good harvest. 
Bad seeds bring bad harvests. What are we to do during the growing time of our seeds? Number one, refuse to become discouraged. Refuse to become discouraged. Number two, determine to keep our faith alive and active. That's why the local church is so important. Number three, give and keep on giving. Give and keep on giving. Give and keep on giving. Well, I haven't reaped yet. Give and keep on giving. I'm still waiting on God. Give and keep on giving. Love and keep on loving. Know this, a harvest is guaranteed. Continue in an attitude of expectancy. Continue in an attitude of expectancy. Amen? Got to have expectancy. You two good-looking guys. I know you're good-looking too, but you're too young. You're going to have a wife someday. You want one, Kenny? Uh, (laughs) You want one? I know you do. Uh, there's, There's two sides to it. I understand. Some days I thank God for Some days I just go to the shop. You believe what happened this week? We won't get into it. But you've got to expect. You've got to expect that. And you need to tell God what kind of woman you want. You do? Boy, you're... Talk to him. (laughs) What I'm saying is expect it. Did you expect that, baby? <laughs> yeah. Are you? Wh- what do they say to the women? Are you expecting a baby? You know? Yeah, yeah. That, there's the baby. You, di- you couldn't tell for a while, could you? Took some time, didn't it? Then all of a sudden, in fact, I was at this wedding. We had a wedding down in, in uh, North Bend. And there was this woman, I thought, She's expecting. What are you expecting today as I close? Are you expecting good things? After what she shared in that scripture in Hosea, are you expecting his goodness this week, coming week? I am. Are you expecting to sow good seeds, harvest church, or bad seeds? You reap what you sow, good seeds. You're going to reap what you sow. If you've sowed finances, you've given to the church, you've given to help retire our debt, then you start expecting a windfall. God's going to bless you. What are you expecting? Let's stand on our feet this morning.